Hello everybody, I'm Billy. I'm Topher. And this is Bears on Film. If you weren't after Bears on Film, you done messed up. <laughs> yeah, because that's what you got. This is what you got, people. Live with it. Live with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be a good one. What are we talking about this week, Toph? Uh, unless I'm very much mistaken, we're here to talk about Black Panther. You're damn right we are. This is one of the few times I love being an Australian film fan, is that we get these movies One earlier. day earlier. <laughs> one day early, so suck. Well, actually, with the, the time world. difference, it's like a day and a half. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty fantastic. Uh, cop that. <laughs> Mate, it totally makes up for all those films that we get three months yeah, that's after right. their release. It t- totally makes up In for their it. country of origin. 100% makes up for it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't feel at all begrudged. So Black Panther, it is a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. 10 years and 18 films in, so... <laughs> If you've been asleep for 10 years, it's a Marvel movie. They're onto quite the good money-making yeah, venture. They know, they know what they're doing. So this one is a period piece, you would say, because it's set in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this takes place almost immediately after the events of Civil War. So I believe it picks up a week after Civil War ends. Right. So we pick up with the new king of Wakanda previous prince his father was killed in the events of uh civil war events of avengers 2.5 (laughs) (laughs) yes and i thought i thought black panther was the highlight of that film i I enjoyed i enjoyed civil war i thought it was a bunch of fun yeah i thought it was great it it was too long but apart from that and i thought Chadwick Boseman was my MVP. Yes, yeah, see, I, I very I thought that Spider Man was my I, player. In I really like Spider Man, but well. Black Panther yep. was great. Um, so that was our introduction to Black Panther in this universe. We've seen and heard bits of his kind of story in the past. There's been a bit of talk of Wakanda and vibranium and that kind of stuff, but this was the first time we'd actually seen the Black Panther himself. What do you think of when you hear vibranium? <sighs> Sex toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this picks up immediately the events following that. And as always, spoiler central. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch the movie, rate us five stars, come back, listen to this. (laughs) That's the order to do things in. It's what we always say. So get ready to get some shit spoiled. A vibranium style. (laughs) I shouldn't be allowed to edit this episode because I'm just going to leave all that shit in. So one of the things that kind of makes this different, but sort of not really, is that we kind of don't need to start with an origin story because we've met the character already. That's true. That Having said that, true. it's our first time spending any quality time in Wakanda. Yes. And so the origin story is really more of his home in a way than it is of him. Yeah. And I absolutely loved the origin story, the way it was shown in this film. So the first minutes of this film is pure animation in this very succinct style. That was cool. It was gorgeous. It looked amazing. The entire story was told almost with like sand particles kind of building up into different elements explaining the history of the Black Panther. So the Black Panther, unlike a lot of other superheroes, is passed down through the bloodline, through the kings of Wakanda. So it's a very, very ancient- With the help of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> lots of drugs. So it's a very ancient superhero um, that's been passed down for generations. So the way that we got this backstory, I thought was visually stunning. And it just set the tone for this film straight up. Yeah, I thought it was that well was done. Because you've got it gets rid of a heap of exposition. Yeah. In the space of how long do you reckon it went for? Oh, three minutes? Yeah, tops. like a, f- a few minutes. Yeah. So here's a bunch of stuff that we want to tell you, and to do it in like in the film proper yes. could be kind of tedious. But this looks cool, and now you're all set. Yeah, it was great. And it gets you right into the story. So as soon as the film starts, you're you're in the, the meat of the story 
already. The other thing I loved about this film is that 18 movies into the Marvel Universe, and this is almost one of the first ones I can think of that really works as a standalone film, which is funny given that this is this is the last film before the next Avengers movie, and yet there is so little setting up for 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 next movies. Yeah, that's something which that- some of the other movies have really been plagued with. Absolutely, like to the point of of tedium. Yes, like you, th- there's there's been some films where you're watching it and you're like, am I watching a movie or am I watching? Am I binge watching an Netflix a, series? Yeah, is yeah. this just a bridging tool to get me to the next film? Yes. and you got my money. And I loved that this worked well and truly on its own. There's a few little kind of nods to previous films. There's one character in this who has appeared in previous films and is a much larger part of this. But if you hadn't seen those other films, I feel like this still would work on its own, which I think is genius. And it's finally, it's something that they need to do because not everybody is going to be a massive Marvel nut and go to every single Marvel movie that comes out. Like a lot of people are, but not every, and especially a movie like this, which speaks to so many people, you're not going to have that kind of background. So I thought that was very, very good. So the movie is directed by Ryan Coogler, who did you catch Fruitvale Station? I haven't. It's on my. I actually have it recorded at Brilliant home. movie. I haven't watched it yet though. Um, I did see Creed. You're right. I haven't seen Creed, but Fruitvale Station was brilliant. And this again is one of the good things that the MCU does is that they hand these movies over to directors like this, who you know, like haven't had a lot of play in this kind of superhero big it's it's not like when dc just gives everything to Zack snyder Mm. because he does this kind of stuff here they're like no these people are more invested in the characters and the story so let's let them have a go at it and and see what happens and And this was great yeah i did hear rachel morrison who is the cinematographer on black panther she also did fruitvale station yes um with coogler she's oscar nominated this year for mudbound Yes, yes um she said she was really surprised at the level of freedom afforded them by by Disney and, and Marvel Studios. So they kind of had this trust that, all right, we're confident we've got the right people to do this. Yeah. So you guys go and make your movie. And I think that shows. I think we saw that with Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn as well. I think the apart from the stipulations Marvel would put on these directors as in you need to shoehorn this part of the story in or we need this because it leads up to this. I, I, I truly believe that they do give them quite a lot of freedom. And is she she's the first female cinematographer ever nominated for an Oscar. Is that correct? Ever. See, that's insane. <laughs> That's ever. But she knows what she's doing because the cinematography in this film was great. I thought that this had a very good style of direction. The visuals in this movie were good. I did have a few issues, which we'll get to later, but I thought as a whole, the look and feel of this movie was great. I liked that with the action scenes, it wasn't really fast shots, fast cuts, which is what people tend to do with action. Like from memory, there was one action scene in this that was almost entirely one long shot. Which one's that? The one in the casino in Korea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that because it actually lets you it lets your eyes follow the action rather than just making it fast-paced. Yeah, I, that was that would be my favourite action sequence of the film. Yes. Beca- and I think a big part of it is the fact that it feels like it's happening because it is happening. They shot that. It feels practical. Whereas then fast forward five, ten minutes when you've got the car chase yep. and you get into that thing of, a lot of visual effects where yes. the sense of gravity has completely vanished from what yeah. you're watching. I was going to say that one of my big issues with this film is I think that there is some inconsistency with the visual effects, particularly I think that a lot of the um, character animation and body stuff is quite good. I think a lot of the chroma key and set extension is quite poor. Um, but we'll get to that in a sec. But straight up, the cast 
is absolutely incredible. Nearly everybody in this film has been nominated or won an Oscar or an, or an award of some kind in the past. They're all tremendous. It's it's amazing. And can you imagine how like we're both white guys. We're both very lucky straight, you know, white guys. Can you imagine how empowering it must be for a young black kid to look up at this screen and see this giant Hollywood film that also happens to be a superhero movie with a 95% black main cast. Yeah, I did hear that, I think it was last year at Comic-Con, when yeah. at, at Hall H, I assume it was Hall H, the kind the cast and, and director came out for Black Panther, and there was this, you know, fo- <laughs> like, you knew who was doing this film, but finally they were there yeah. in front of you for the people that were there, and it was like, wow, this has actually happened. Yeah, it's amazing. There are only two white guys in the entire main cast. The only two white guys are The Hobbit and Gollum. So I guess in this film, you could say they're the token white guys. (laughs) I thought long and hard about that one. How do you feel day off went? I'm all right with it. Right in. I'm all right with it. Um, But the cast is actually amazing. I don't think there's a bad performance in this entire film. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought, like, going into it, I knew that uh, that Angela Bassett is the, the queen. And then you see Angela Bassett for the first time, and if you didn't know she was the queen, you wouldn't even need to be told. <laughs> you yeah. just you take one look at because Bassett, she's a queen. and you're just like, yep. Yeah. I thought the cast were tremendous in this film. I thought uh, Sterling K. Brown stole the few scenes he was in. I didn't even realise he was going to be in this movie. And I know him as Randall from This Is Us. So the whole movie, I'm going, oh, come on, come on, man. Kate and Kevin need you. Poor old Mandy Moore needs you. <laughs> like, just stop digging around with vibranium. <laughs> I thought he was fantastic. And Michael B. Jordan crush this role. Isn't it nice to have a villain in a Marvel film who's like an actual yes, character? This is the first time. I, I I know that we disagree on this. I thought that the Vulture in Homecoming was actually getting close. This is the first time we've ever had a really good villain in a Marvel movie who with, felt- With like grounded. motives that yeah. were understandable yes. and, I mean, if not reasonable. That's the, the thing. You almost want to side with him. Yeah, at least and you even, can see where he's coming from. Yeah, and even towards the end- you know, obviously, you know, the Black Panther, T'Challa doesn't, he, he doesn't go, yeah, you're right, let's do exactly what you want to do. But by the end of the movie, you can see that his mind has been changed about some things by this villain, which is amazing. It's, it is a very, very well-realized villain. And I thought the character design and everything, I know that obviously he's played by a real person, but that design with all the scars all over his body that he's given himself for his for his kills, that was a very, very nice touch. I, I thought, thought it was a lot better than his hair at the beginning of the film. <laughs> really? I didn't I wasn't like really it. on board with that choice. <laughs> I, I thought that a lot of the visual choices in this film were great. I thought uh, the design of Wakanda itself was great. It kind of reminded me of Tokyo. It's that smash of technology and deep historical culture just kind of put together. It's like, yeah, this is what we would get if there was this super advanced city in Africa. I thought the design of that of that city itself was pretty cool. I found the city design a bit meh, to be yeah. honest. Um, some of the, the sets within those buildings... I thought were well done. Yep. But the like the wide shots, for instance, when you when you're flying into the place, I thought looked pretty, you know, take yeah, okay. take the wide shot from Asgard and change some stuff. Oh really? I was a bit meh about See, it. See, this is the first Marvel film that I've really thought had a great sense of uh atmosphere and place about it. You know, you kind of you felt that it was set where it was. I kind of felt that was the first time we've ever really had that in a Marvel movie. I preferred the ground level stuff. Yeah, okay. Then the, then the sweeping wide shots. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fair enough. 
So back to back to casting. What's your feeling about Martin Freeman in general, or in this? Because I, I mean, I love Martin Freeman. I'm the same. I, I, love I, I love I love Martin Freeman, but. In because our first outing with Martin Freeman, which I believe was Civil War, or was he? In, was he in Winter Shop? He was in Winter Soldier, wasn't he? He might have been. I think he was. I wasn't, and he was a douchey little. Yeah, see, I wasn't super on board with Martin Freeman either, the character or the the casting of him, because I see Martin Freeman and I immediately jump to Tim from the Office, who has a face like a like a cabbage, like patch, a cabbage doll, patch doll, like yourself, like me. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I at the first outing with him, I thought was a bit strange. But what did you think of him in this? I think Freeman's work is completely serviceable. Um, the character, if this was the first time we'd met him, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I buy I buy who this is. Yeah. Coming off his previous outings, I'm like, all right, well, you changed him to make him an awful yeah. lot more likeable because I, it's convenient for the story. I, I think that his character is the weakest part of the screenwriting. I, I think that his character has some uh, general issues, not just with with changing his character. I think some of his dialogue and stuff is the, the cheesiest and I don't, feel like his kind of arc is really deserved it's a little bit kind of cheesy yeah and they're like they're doing the the quick origin story of him just in you know reading off his yeah his his resume basically he's like was a pilot i wonder if that'll be handy later on yeah like- yeah he was uh he was the weakest part of screenwriting i thought i thought a lot of the other characters were very well grounded i really liked uh t'challa's sister Fury. Oh, great she stole the show in almost every scene she was in she was fantastic very funny Character, very funny actress. That she was fantastic. And here's I forget the character's name. Who's the head of his guard? Oh yes, that woman. Yeah, she was also wonderful. And I hope we see more of her. Yeah, in the, this. she's in. I'm fairly certain she's in Infinity War, as is the princess. Good, um, because the dynamic between T'Challa and and those characters around him, yeah, act really does work really well. I had my. I actually, I saw my first trailer for Infinity War while I was at the cinema seeing this, and it. Got me excited. I'm I'm in for Infinity War. I mean, I was already, but the trailer didn't disappoint. So I'm hoping the movie doesn't as well. Can we also talk about the music Certainly. for a second? I thought that the score in this film was great. Um, Better than I, your average, because MCU films not exactly like you don't you don't know you don't have it. callbacks like Indiana Jones style to the yeah, score. Yeah, no, MCU not at all. Films. Yeah, I, I I think I I remember the Avengers theme that. Uh, I can't even hum it, but, I, yeah. you know, I remember but it. But we're not talking some John Williams No, shit. I think that this is probably my favourite MCU soundtrack since Guardians Volume 1. It might even top that for me. I thought that it, it was the same as what I felt about the design of Wakanda itself. It was very kind of modern and yet, yeah, I dug it. Do you remember who did this? I'm going to show my age here and my uncoolness. It was somebody- I believe the kids are up with uh, Kendrick Lamar. Lamar, that's it. So he was originally just going to do a few songs. And then I can't remember if it was after he saw the script or after he saw a rough cut, he said, no, nah, I'm going to do the whole score. Yeah, right. Yeah. And in uh, all the time off that I assume Kendrick Lamar had <laughs> in his life. I don't know who, what's he, is he a basketballer? I think that's right. Yeah. Good, good racial profiling there, Billy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's dating one of the Kardashians. Is he? No. Is that, is that a different. I'm gonna, I don't, I I don't know, up. man. I've got, I've got to Google this. Who is because you know that dating a cut? You know that Kim is married to a musician. Who is dating? A, yeah, I, I know that she's married to Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought you were joking. Kanye West. <laughs> Beyonce is married to Jay Z. Wow. Not racial profiling. I'm just really uncool, man. Uh huh. I like. Yep. You know. Tell it to the cops, man. I'm still listening to the Ghetto Boys. <laughs> uh, 
okay. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think Kendrick Lamar is dating a Kardashian. So he's a musician, though, not a basketballer. This is correct. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good on him. To the best of my knowledge. So let's talk about the the visuals of the film for a sec, cinematography, you know, color palette, all that kind of stuff. What what are your initial thoughts? I it kind of goes hand in hand with the action sequences we touched on earlier. The stuff that is real, yes, and is in a set and that kind of stuff, I really like. As soon as you get into digital noise being thrown at you, yeah, I've kind of got to the point with these films where I find it a, a, a bit of a yawn fest. Yeah, which is a real shame. I think that the the worst offender as far as visual effects goes were the the challenge fights, which is a real shame for me because story-wise they were very engaging and I thought even the blocking and everything of those scenes was great, but I was so taken out by how extremely fake the surroundings were. Yeah, that's Nothing fair. felt grounded. Like, it, it, it felt like a real rush job, which does happen with these Marvel films. I've got friends who've worked on a lot of them, and, you know, Marvel, because they send out to so many different vendors visual effects-wise, I feel like there are things that just get a little bit rushed, and those scenes in particular- Because you can imagine that the, the concept art for that Oh, I bet it was brilliant. The idea, in, in theory, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love the way that those, the, like, I loved the water. Like, I loved the way it was fought, you know, but it just didn't, it just didn't land in reality for mm. me, which is a shame. And you never, you never felt, because, I mean, they're essentially fighting on the edge of a cliff. Uh. At, at no point do you feel, oh, be careful, mate, you could fall over. Yeah, yeah. Although, speaking of those scenes, one thing that I really loved is how frequently T'Challa, our main character, got his ass handed to him in this movie. Mm. How often does that happen in a film where the main character, the hero, gets the shit beaten out of him so often? He does take a whooping. <laughs> like, so I, I, I thought that was very well done. The uh, the first time when so when Michael B. Jordan's rolled into town and and challenges him, my my main beef with that fight actually is that you know how far into the story you are. So you know, you know like an my, hour left of the yeah, film. You know that T'Challa is going to lose this fight. Like, there's no... Because if he wins, then, well, that's the movie over, but you know you're only an hour 15 in. But yeah, I think that was one of the things for that scene for me, is that I was like, there's no stakes to this fight for me, because Michael B. Jordan's going to win. Yeah, all right. So let's T'Challa's not going to die. Let's talk about stakes for a sec, because this is something that came up in our Justice League discussion about the stakes. How did you feel about the stakes of this movie? Were they high enough? Were they, like... I think it's... I think it's it's entirely correct. Yes. Because for the most part because of this Because it's a contained movie, film. Yeah. For the most part of this movie, the only stakes are to T'Challa himself, realistically. And the country, because of course, if- If, if the weapons B- get out. Yeah. I can't remember who Michael B. John- I can't remember his name in Friday Night Lights, but- uh, Footballer number two. That could be him. <laughs> great in Friday Night Lights. Never saw FNL, but I knew this had come up, because I know that you're all about Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coach Taylor. Where was Coach Taylor? <laughs> yeah. If you need, you know, if you need someone to just roll in and lay down some life lessons on Killmonger, they just needed they just needed Coach Taylor. He would have stopped James. He would have stopped this before it escalated to violence, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, I thought that the stakes were great because yeah, to the most part, as far as the story goes, the only stakes are to T'Challa himself. It's a very personal story. Because even even to the city of Wakanda, it's not like he's trying to destroy the city or anything. There's really not, not yeah, he, that he many stakes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I thought it was absolutely perfect. Now, let's talk about Gollum for a sec. Yep. Uh, were you expecting him to be killed off? No. Yeah, that no, was I a wasn't. surprise. And I personally, did you enjoy that? 
I thought it was a good move. I liked it. Yeah. I think that one of the best things about that is that, you know, like all villains, he believes he's the hero of his own story. And as it turns out, he's not even the main villain. It's it's just such a fitting for that character for him to just be off halfway through a movie. I thought that was a great move. It's, it's I was going to say, it's not common. It's downright rare that the MCU ever oh, yeah. actually throws you a curveball. Yeah. Like halfway through a film, boom, dead. Yep. I thought that was great. Climax of the film, let's say the, the the big fight at the end, didn't really do it for me, if I'm honest. What about you? As in the action scene? or Yes, both the personal fight between our two leads yeah, and, and then and the, the larger, larger fight, fight outside. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought it was um, pretty standard fare, to be honest, which I guess is that why you're disappointed by it? Nothing Pre- kind of- well, yeah, pretty much. Given, yeah, going back to, we had that action scene in the casino, which was cool. Yeah. And then the biggest fight of the film, the, like the final fight between our hero and our villain, is a bit of a non-event, yeah, really. Yeah, that's true. And I guess I am kind of getting a little bit sick of that whole the bad guy is like a mirror image of the good guy. You know, like a bit of the Spider-Man and Venom kind of thing. You know, in this case, you've really just got two Black Panthers fighting each other, which, yeah, I guess I could have done without that. It would have been more interesting to me if that was treated more like the challenge fight scenes where it's just kind of man on man. So, yeah, I've got no beef with the dynamic between them, just the actual, the staging of it, essentially. I just wanted a better fight. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like the action fan in me just wanted a better (laughs) fight. I didn't mind that. And I thought that the larger fight was pretty cool. I was a fan of the armored rhinos. I thought they were pretty sweet. I thought they were pretty dumb. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I was all about the armored rhinos. (laughs) There was a bunch, like, the, the larger fight there, for me, kind of just fell into that, the digital noise thing. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, they're throwing, there's a bunch of stuff on screen coming at you quickly, and none of it feels, like, when a rhino hits the ground or when something gets shot out of the sky, there's Not nothing about that that makes it. me feel like there was actually an impact yeah. to it or anything. It was just like, I might as well, in those points, be watching a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, that goes back to what I was saying about those sets and everything just not feeling very real. The stuff that was shot in reality was great. The stuff that was created digitally in this film didn't. And that can be done really well. Like in most films, you don't even notice it. You know, like there are so many films these days that won't even use a real set at all because it's it's cheaper and easier to actually just create it digitally. Yeah. And you don't even know that it's happened. And that's the thing for me, just that's across the MCU. Yeah. It's just, it's how it's how they are, and if it upsets me enough, I should stop watching them. Yeah, but you know- It, it doesn't upset me enough to stop watching No, them. that's the thing. It it wasn't enough to completely take me out of the movie. It's just something that I noticed, and which is just a, a shame more than anything, because I feel like the movie was strong enough. I feel like it was written well enough and acted so superbly that it, it was fine. But yeah, I would have liked for those digital elements to just be treated with a little bit more care. Mm. Where was it? So, yeah, so this happened just after Civil War. So, throughout all of this, the Winter Soldier is just in cryo sleep next door, isn't he? Yeah, he's there. This he's whole there time, the whole time. Which we find out in the post credits scene. Oh, I didn't see that. I saw the. Oh, I watched, did you not stay till the end? How, I watched the how first. How many one? Marvel movies do you need to have seen to not know to stay till the end, you pelican? To be honest, I've kind of had a gut full of them. Well, I did think that, I mean, Guardians Volume 2 just killed it for me. With five fucking post-credit scenes, just fuck the fuck off. Yeah, who was that? Four of them could have just been part of the movie or not there at all. Yeah, I mean, Mangold Mangold said this a couple of weeks ago. He was like, he, and I I don't think I feel as strongly as as he did. He really kind of threw the toys out of the cot. Um, But yeah, I'm kind of like, have one. 
By yeah, all means, have one. It's fine. It's fun. It's a little thing. But honestly, if you've got storytelling to do, maybe do it in the film. Yeah. See, so in this, we only had the two. Right. So uh, I, I, can't which even, was I can't even remember what I watched. What was the first one? All right. So the first one was Howard the Duck groping Captain America. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, thankfully no Howard the Duck in this one. Uh, the first one literally should have been part of the film. The first one was T'Challa telling the United Nations that he's That's going to right. reveal Wakanda, which is probably why you forgot about it, because it should have just been part of the film. So you probably remember that as mm. part of the film. This was a fairly powerful scene. I think we'll get to that in a second. The second scene which you missed was literally just the Winter Soldier crawling out of a tent uh, in Wakanda and talking to Shuri. Right. Um, what? The power failed to his- Cryo sleep chamber or something. Don't know why he was in a tent. Maybe it's implied that he's been awake for a while and has been there because the and just sat out the fight. Well, actually, yeah, the children in the village are running in and out of his tent and calling him the White Wolf. So perhaps he has been awake for a while and has just been living as part of this part of the Wakanda community and just sat on the bench for the just whole fight. Chilling, yeah, like a douche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, I'm not. God, I'm pretty over the Winter Soldier as a character. To be honest, he's a bit yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, talking about the the first scene. How did you feel about the political messages in this film? Did you feel that they were were they too in your face? Were- I I didn't mind because they are present. There's no denying that. There's no question about what this film is trying to tell you. Yeah, I I like the fact that they took it upon themselves to have the messages in the film. Yeah. Um. Now. Yeah. I mean, props to Disney and Marvel because it's rare for them to take a stand on anything. And I don't mind that they don't dive too deep or anything like that because. At least the film knows what it is. It's like it's a popcorn we're flick not, at the end of the day. But yeah, if they can cram a message in there, so and say I could, I could kind of criticize it and say, well, you know, you kind of just did it a bit surface level. Yeah, I could, but then again, if it was too in your face, you'd be like, well, where's where's the movie? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, I, I thought it was okay. And basically, at the end of the day, the political message really is. I mean help each other don't be a dick don't leave people who are in crisis in yeah. crisis really if you know if we can help another country then let's do it yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty well i thought it was pretty well done i thought it, it was, was pretty quite economical well yeah. in in the film yeah um and it raises very valid points it shows our heroes being not perfect yeah which is good yes yeah i thought it was great i mean um as with these marvel films lately it seems to be every single one in this phase three, daddy issues. I mean, what is, what's going on there, do you think? Like, did you feel that this, as far as the story goes, was a little bit like, okay, well, we just saw this in Thor Ragnarok. Why are we revisiting this? Um, no, I didn't actually at the time. No? That's good. It, again, it didn't take me out of it. I still thought that it was a very well-written film, but it was just yeah, like- I mean, it's well, certainly, present, go again. certainly present in Civil War. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like Aaron Sorkin's in charge of the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, Black Panther and Captain America are doing a walk and the talk through the of Infinity War. It's <laughs> just a walk and talk through Wakanda. Thanos is in the background going, pay attention to me. <laughs> Throw around witty one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> the only way that would be great for me, it would be if uh, if Martin Sheen then popped up as, as President Bartlett. <laughs> that would be amazing. This is going places. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Granted, we are using characters that we do not own in any way. Yeah. All right. So, all in all, you know, this film got a lot and a lot and a lot of positive press before release. As we all know with Rotten Tomatoes, though, it has flaws. So, to go by- Don't look at it. Yeah, well, to go by saying, oh, it has a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes, 
really doesn't mean much at all. Because if you don't know, the way Rotten Tomatoes works is, you know, there could be 100% of reviews that give it a 6 out of 10. There's a great that's still 100% video. Fresh. There's a great video. If you go to YouTube, I think Vox did a video on this. If you, if you have any interest in how Rotten Tomatoes works, just YouTube it up, how Rotten Tomatoes works. I'm yep. pretty sure it's a video by Vox. Re- explains it really well. Well, because the other thing too with Rotten Tomatoes is that a lot of the the critics on there who give don't even actually give a star rating, and then it's up to somebody at Rotten Tomatoes, who knows who, Figure to read it, it and decide. Oh, is yeah. this fresh or is this rotten? And you know, you'll see a lot of reviews that say mostly positive things that are marked as rotten, and you know, so it just doesn't really make sense to go off that. But that said, this movie had a lot of uh, positive talk about it. What were your thoughts after seeing the movie? What are you going to rate it? I think it's an of MCU films, I would have it as probably above average. Yeah, agree. I don't think it's uh, my absolute favourite. I still think that the first Guardians film is probably my favourite, but I think it's right up there. Yeah, and I don't think- I mean, I I think I've seen every MCU film. Like, clearly I like them. I think um, I have except for Winter Soldier. But then also my expectations for them aren't that high. Like, for me, they're a bit of fun. Yeah. And that's what I'm after out of them. And Black Panther, from every from what you were just talking about with- I'd you know I couldn't help but see headlines about you know this is the superhero film we need right now that kind of and stuff. I think that that is true. That's a true statement. I do think it's true, but it probably also led me to believe that this that there was going to be more to this film than there is. Yeah, look, I think um, I think Ryan Coogler did a absolutely fantastic job directing this movie. I think the direction of this film is great. I think that the political messages are present, but not so overt that it takes over the film. I do think it's an important movie for this era that we're in for the exact same reasons that Wonder Woman was, was an important say. movie. Yeah. And do I think this is better than Wonder Woman? I I think it might be. It's hard for me to say right now. I've just walked out of it. I think they're probably kind of on about par, but that doesn't mean it's not an important movie for the world to have. Mm-hmm. And if we can have more of this, then great. You know, let's let's get some more of this going. Let's have an Asian superhero who's not just a stereotype, you know? Where where's the Australian superhero, mate? Mate, we got Croc Dundee. <laughs> mate, fuck Croc Dundee. <laughs> it was eighty six and it was appalling. You wanna know something? Yeah. Never seen it. Oh, well, you're lucky. I don't really feel like I'm missing out. But no. yeah, go, and yes, going back to what you were saying, it's exactly what I was going to say with with Wonder Woman and with this. Above and beyond how much I like the films, and both of those films I Yeah, like. I, re- I really like I them. like. Yeah. Um, but I'll never know what it's like- No. For someone who's not me, a white guy, yeah. to go into one of these films yeah. and be like, thank Christ, about time. Yeah. So above and beyond, is this film any good? And yeah, I think it is. Um, thank God it's here. Yeah. So f- for me, it's an eight. I-, I liked it a lot. It's it's not my favourite, but I really liked it. I'm a six out of ten. Six. I was happy to happy to watch it. Good entertainment. Like most, it's it's not. It's a step up from what I would consider most MCU films, which is disposable fun. It's better than that. Yeah. Right. But do I think it's great? No. Okay. But it's good. That's fair enough. Well, this was a fun chat. Thanks for, thanks for talking with me, Toph. Oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> so this this is a busy couple of weeks. Due to everything that's coming out, we've decided to cram an extra episode at you. So stay tuned for Thursday where we'll be talking Ladybird. Yeah, we will. Yeah. And then uh, after that, we'll get on to Golden Voyages in Bad, which I can't wait to talk to you about. It's been a couple of weeks since you watched it, and I am Pet- scared that you'll hate it, <laughs> which you probably will. <laughs>
Stay tuned. Yep, stay tuned. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at Bears on Film Mailbag at gmail.com. You can find us at Bears on Film Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or Bears on Film Pod at Twitter. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that stuff. Please tell a friend about the show if you enjoy listening to our nonsense. And thank you very much. Thanks. Catches. Catches.